Log Talk Radio. April 26, 2017. And you know what? I got to tell you, there, you know, for anybody who's, you know, got a taste for salacious things, there's been a lot of interesting sexual and romantic articles in the news lately. For instance, there's a guy who's going to be the next president of France, and he married his school, his high school teacher. He was in class with her son when he was 15 years old. That's when he met her, right? And uh, apparently at the same time, back way back then, his parents asked her to back off. I mean, she's 26 years older than him, but she didn't, and she got divorced, and she married this kid. Now she's going to be uh, the president's wife. Anyway, and there's another story. So just hold that in mind for a second. There's another story. It's about the Spice Girls. You remember one of them? Uh, no, all of them, actually. They had a hit, and it was, I think the key refrain was, if you want to be my lover, <laughs> you've got to get with my friends. I never knew what that meant, but now I do because Scary Spice, she seems to have taken that very seriously. She's claiming now in her divorce filing that her husband hired a sexy young nanny. I'll swear that she does fit that bill. I saw the picture. And uh, then the husband convinced this nanny uh, and his wife to have three ways with them, right? And uh, that was okay with Scary Spice, but then she found out that the nanny and the husband were having two ways Without her, and she didn't like that. But here's the thing. The nanny says that the Spice Girl herself was the main partner, and she only had sex with the husband when Scary Spice invited him in. It goes on. I mean, there's more. Look it up if you're interested. Okay, but now I'm going to get more serious, right? There was a a conversation about sexual harassment on my Facebook group, and someone said that if a candidate comes in for a second interview and says something about the cute recruiter she met the first time she was there, that's sexual harassment. And finally, a professor named Kipnis She noted that a lot of college professors are married to former students. It's a very common thing. But overnight, at her university, dating between professors and students became a major taboo. Now, in the past, I don't know if we would have had excuse me, had ready access to the details of Scary Spice's uh, marital <laughs> marital problems, and I don't think a guy who married his high school teacher would have a chance to be president of any country that I'm aware of. But there's a new openness now. We live in open times, right? And that accounts for the increased discussion of sexual harassment as well as uh, this other, you know, information about somebody's marriage problems. And uh, to, uh, well, 
I hate to say it, but, you know, with all this sexual harassment stuff, it looks like there's a bit of overkill right now in these new rules that have arisen. For instance, uh, everywhere, if actual marriages between students and teachers are common and they're not just abuse and exploitation, how can the law stand in the way of what appears to be true love? on a massive scale. That's what I want to know. And if you have an answer, call in and tell us on Jerry. Jerry! show is this? This is the recording animal Catch your breath, Jerry. That was amazing. No no problem. Have a a glass of water, brother. Oh, my God. That was huge. Top five, 2017. On the day's work, people. When I I change it up a little bit, okay, like I start off doing it in the shower for a few days beforehand, my (laughs) wife has no idea what I'm doing, why I do that. It's freaky. It's weird. If you're doing it in the shower, Jerry, we got to talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also want to thank, in addition to Jerry for that uh, shout, I want to thank my sponsors, PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army Knife of recruiting software, and Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the hot new sourcing T-U-A-L. <laughs> the hot new sourcing tool, Hire Tool. Animal. You know I was thinking, yeah. Can I, can I offer a congratulations, or at least Go words ahead. of acknowledgement and encouragement? To who? To you, it's been a whole week, a whole week without any racism on your on your group. <laughs> Other people that might, that might go under the radar, but I want to say I I noticed it. I care. Yeah, you're doing good work. Good work. That's Aww. stick with it. That's that's the kind of compliment I need to keep my you sponsors. Thank you for nothing. Okay. You sound really bad right now, man. Yeah, what's well, that? Like you like hard horrible. Time, Jerry. Everybody sounds bad. I called Blog Talk Radio. I called Blog Talk Radio, uh, like with the Skype that I like to use. They've got a direct connection. Okay? It's not like anybody else calling it. It didn't work. I called it a few times, and I had to get on the phone. I'm on the phone now, on a regular a landline. Okay? I'm sorry, everybody. What can I do? Hmm. I'm paying these guys money, and they screw me every week almost. I never it's know what's like, going to happen. It's Kenny. Is a ringing and or something going on? Okay, I'm on the. Sorry. You know what? Let me ask some questions and then we'll get the guest to answer first. But 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 but, I was thinking today we might sing that Spice Girls song. Andrew Gadamski, the guest. Are you here? Uh. Andrew, wake up. <laughs> Did he call in? Did he call? You know, Jerry called in before the guest today, so I'm kind of worried. Oh, I got two hang-ups oh, already. no. Yeah, I'm here. Hello? There You're he here. Is. Ah, he woke up. Man, you sound you bad, animal. Dude, call in from a bad. landline, man. Ooh. That's horrible. I'm on a landline. I'm on a landline. How many times do I have to say it? What, you think my landline automatically qualifies you for quality voice? You sound horrible. I don't care if you're on the landline or or where. 
I'm on the speakerphone like now. Is that better? Is that better, speakerphone? Yes. A little bit. Okay. You know your, what? Your input is just peaking. You're you're distorting. Okay. You're coming in too hot. Too hot. Well, let me go on the headset. Sorry, everybody. My last try. We, we know you're sorry. sorry. All Canadians are, are sorry. So we, okay, we know is this that. better? Is this better? Is it better? A little better? bit, yeah. You sound okay. Do I sound okay? Okay. Uh, yeah, listen, I just want to get the song out of the way. Andrew, do you know that song? You want to be my lover? Um, if I say yes, am I going to be incriminated for it? I mean, is it no, going to We're going to sing it. Uh, one, two, three, okay? You ready, Andrew? One, two, three. If you want to be my lover, my lover you got to get, get with, with my, my friends. friends. <laughs> What's the next line? <laughs> What's the next Something line? Something lasts forever. Friendship never ends. Yeah, uh, nothing no. lasts forever. Never. Marriage doesn't last forever, but friendship never ends. Yeah. Okay, that's enough. God. Okay. Oh now, Andrew, Is that what they do today? No, that was uh, from 20 years ago, Maureen. That's what, you know. God. When you were, were, when you were wearing know, diapers. Rock. Hey, okay, you know what? It works. Yeah. I mean, Posh, look at Posh Spice. She's got to deal with Target, you know. It, it, she, she, was, she was going for the long play. Long time. Yeah. Okay, we're we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna get to the show now, Andrew. Wake up, please. Okay. It's and who's totally ever bad. making the noise in the background? Stop it, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, can you can you guys hear that noise? They're in a warehouse or something. Mm-mm. Gary's making a sandwich. He's in his kitchen. <laughs> Whatever it is. Okay. Now I got to tell you something. Did you Not ever me. see the movie Fifty? Somebody's making noise. Did I'm you see the you. movie Fifty? Yeah, fine. Did you see the movie Fifty First Dates? Fifty first dates, Andrew. No. Yeah, a, a, a while ago. That's the one with. Uh, is it? Um, it's the one with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's. I'm the same way on this show. You know, you've been a guest before, but I don't remember anything that you said. So I'm going to ask you a lot of the same things again. And, uh, you know, if you don't want to answer, if you think there's something better to say, you tell me. You just break in, okay? Hey, who's eating? I'm, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't take it. There's so much noise. Jerry. Oh, God. Hey, Andrew, what's... Hey, I'm on another what's... call. Back off, animal. Who's eating, in the, who's eating in their phone, right? Okay, I can't... Andrew, what's your area Is that code, me? please? I don't know. It's somebody. Andrew. What's my... Andrew, can you answer me when I ask, talk to you, okay? Don't hesitate. What's your area code? Nine seven three. Oh, you you were the last guy to call into the show. Can you believe the guest is the last person to call in? <laughs> Hell was that? Yeah, what, I don't know, but nobody, somebody's sabotaging. Somebody's sabotaging this. It's ten minutes in already. It's working. It's not me, animal. It's not me. Somebody's wrecking the show. Okay. <laughs> Okay, look, look. Okay, okay. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to block everybody till the person who's eating potato chips gets blocked out. I can't take it. Okay. I think they're drinking Kool-Aid. I don't know what they're doing, but they're killing me. Okay, don't do it. Okay, I'm gonna start blocking people. If I hear one more crunch, that's it. Okay. Andrew's Andrew's uh, Twitter address. 
I'll, I have to edit this out later. It's Andrew, A-N-D-R-E-W, Gadomsky, G-A-D-O-M-S-K-I, okay? And you say that you run a consulting firm that saves large companies millions of dollars in recruiting. Millions of dollars in recruiting. Is that true? That's true. We don't we don't really work with the business unless they're probably spending more than say fifteen million dollars in uh, recruiting uh, expenses a year. Um, uh-huh. And our goal is to always uh, drop them at least twenty percent. Can you give those figures again? And Maureen, stop typing for a second so I can hear them. I'm can not you give typing. those figures again? Somebody is. We, can you give those we, figures again, guest? Yeah, we we we. We only we typically work with companies that spend greater than fifteen million dollars in expenses related to recruiting a year, and our goal is to, to reduce that by at least twenty percent or increase productivity by the same. I've got a quick question. Oh. Go can ahead. You call me, can you call me later with that list? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, companies always tell me we don't have much of a recruiting budget. Yeah. We don't normally have money, Maureen. Don't you worry. Look at that kind of money. Yeah, we don't have any money. I'll take anybody that spends $5 million and up. Yeah. Okay, Andrew, Andrew, here's another question. I wasn't going to ask you, but but Jerry's, Jerry's pondering this one a lot lately. He wants to do some new business development, and he's having trouble getting the people he wants to talk to even on the phone. How do you get this new business when, stop, you know... Stop, hold on, please. Sometimes when I say something on the recruiters <laughs> who actually make placements group, it's more to get yeah. a discussion going. It's not a confessional. Okay? So even if you say it... If you for, say the record, it for the record, yeah. I am kicking yeah. ass. Like, always, I Let's just will. say Jerry was asking for a friend. I'm asking, yeah, okay. so Jerry, I'm asking, asking people to reflect upon themselves. It's what I right. do. Right. Rather than yeah. post, hey, post constant stream of crap <laughs> on some of the other various people online groups. Yeah, yeah okay. Like, so, Jerry, Jerry, yeah. you're saying, Jerry, you are saying that there's really no problem uh, in, in trying to get, you know, business people on the phone for business no, development. I, no, no, there is. I've heard there's a problem out there. A big problem. Okay. So let's ask Andrew. Is that a problem? Okay. And it's not a problem. We 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 have a lot of it's referrals to the to, to animal. I've got a lot of resellers who are licensed to position us as uh, and then bring us in. So that's how I get this. Really? Yeah. Really? Why did you go that route? Yeah. The cost of sale is really high. Um, educating people on what they can do and how they can save. It takes a long time, so it's easier to have people, uh, have companies who are working with a company and say, hey, you know, we can help you. We, we know someone who can help you. Let's do that introduction, and that's fine. Um, it's a lot easier and, and, than me and, chasing around. And how do they initiate that, the, that contact? Is it just through their existing clients in, in whatever business they specialize in? Typically, most of the companies we work with are in uh, large-scale HR technology providers or they're outsourcing providers, and they're dealing with the head of HR or the head of talent. And, you know, to to have it come up, hey, we can help you guys streamline how you work, and we have a specialist who will help help you do that. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, 
Are you in a bad mood today, or are you sick? Because you don't sound very peppy. <laughs> no, I'm sitting in a, I'm, I'm sitting in like a, like a like a hotel lobby lounge kind of thing. So I'm trying to be respectful of uh, of people around me. Are you drinking? Yeah, well, you don't do that. <laughs> I was I was drinking. Is that okay? I mean, yeah. you know, it's a, yeah. no. you know, it's, it's noon, sound, so I stop. You sound like a mean drunk. Okay, I mean, like, what do you what do you go into a place like that for when you're on the recruiting animal show? So you got to be low key when people are trying to get some life out of you. Okay. I can I can I can be I can be high key if that's the opposite of low key. That's what is the opposite of low key? Is it high key? I don't know. Okay, look. I'm asking the questions here. You know what? You say on your website that you offer cutting-edge workforce analytics. Cutting-edge is such a hackneyed term that everybody uses. You want to position yourself as an innovative company, another hack term. Why would you use cutting-edge? I think it's because maybe because my language skills aren't that great, but it's more around. That, that's fair. Yeah. But, but I think it's really about using the language uh, to describe your business that people want to align with. And so you you, you put things you put things on you know you you talk about your business and you talk about what you do and people want to buy you know buy your services and they want to be aligned to the language uh, that makes sense for them and if it's cutting edge yeah. is, okay. is it's cutting yeah. edge yeah. is one okay. thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Enough. 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 Hey, animal. Okay. Can I jump you in know, for a second? Yeah. Go ahead. Animal. animal I'd like to. I'd like to ask a question. So, Andrew, um, who is this? Wouldn't you say who is this? This is who this is, is Michael this? Heller. Okay, Mike, go ahead. Who is it? Andrew, uh, it, my name is Michael Heller. Hi, Michael. I've been in the HR industry for twenty some odd years. So, Andrew, wouldn't you say You're that? You're an HR you know, guy. I am. <laughs> He's been a <laughs> guest, Jerry. Means, Jerry. He's been a <laughs> guest. <laughs> okay. Must have been a show you didn't guess. pay me for because I don't remember it. Okay. Can you let him talk? I'm one of these. Mike, do I have? Yeah, so I'm a, Mike, go ahead. Then, Mike, go so ahead. I'm a, I would, I would be, I, I, I'd go out on a limb and say I'm probably one of these cutting edge HR guys. And Andrew, wouldn't you agree that that cutting edge is a relative term though? Because a lot of companies out there are doing cutting edge stuff. They may or may not employ you. The ones that will are the ones that want to do something new. So cutting edge could mean one thing to one company and something to something else. This is can, a dumb question. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, that's ridiculous. Do you want to answer that question, Andrew? I'll give you the opportunity. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. You know, no, 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 Michael. You know, so, so both, Michael. This is a good question because the fact is, is that uh, an organization's maturity or an organization's complexity is, is, is variable, right? It's all about just being better. They want to be better than they were yesterday, and they want to be better than, you know, <clears> next week they want to be better. And so, so Heller, Michael Heller, you know, I think cutting edge is, is really about is really about we're doing things that we couldn't think that we were doing a year ago. Animal. And you know, animal, we're animal. I need to say, I need to say something here. I'm I'm spotting what we we call a, a Donna Brazil moment. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm I'm compelled. I think it sounds to me like you've had your guest has invited someone with the rehearsed question because the way Andrew was not only prepared for that question, but the way he oh. slipped right into a fantastic answer, this blows my mind. That was rehearsed. Call that fantastic? Hold yeah. on. Brazil. Hold on. That's right. That's the new rule. No Brazilian here. 
Yeah, no Brazilian. Calma does not see it, Maureen. Love it, Jerry. Hey, hold on. No Brazilian. We've got hey, a new Jerry. animal term. Yes. Jerry, wait hey, a second. Don't, animal, don't, you're don't the one that came don't, up with. Don't, don't go ahead and, and, and tell me that just because, you know, the color goes ahead and puts the slider on the outside of the plate and I push it to right, you think I got lucky. Bam. I can hit the ball. Hey, and the one thing I'll point out. Jerry, I'll point. Throw down. Let me point something out, too. Uh, Animal was the one who came up with the term cutting edge. How could we prepare for that if we didn't know what his questions were going to be? Ooh, uh-huh. True, true, true. Okay, let me move on. Let me move on to a, a, a more grounded question. Just like Inception what are your right favorite, there. What are, yeah, what, what are your favorite Chrome extensions? Oh, oh God. God. I'm going to go grab a sandwich. Did you this guy saves millions of dollars for an organization. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, you know so what? You want let me, me ask. Uh, Oh, that's okay, but I'll ask a different question first. Are but you did have a question from Twitter, though, Animal, that you're passing up here. Maureen, are you even watching? I'm trying. I'm no, trying she to never up. Kelly Blockdyke okay. wants to know, does the $15 million, does that include the salaries of recruiters and internal teams or just Ooh, for fees? Good question. Of course. Good because question. that's a huge differentiator right there. Honey, honey goes to Jerry today. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the costs of recruiting include the uh, the employee costs associated with salaries and overhead, as well as any third parties uh, sourcing or third party recruiting uh, that they also uh, engage. So yes, yeah, it's, it's all, actually it, it tends I, to be a lot associated answer. with people. Actually, I have a question okay, about I'm, that. No, no, wait a second, Alan. Before I go on, I want to do uh, you know I'd like Michael Heller to come back to the show sometime, so I'll answer his question. On uh, on uh, Andrew's LinkedIn uh, summary, it says people come to him with problems. He says, I don't know the answer, but it sounds like fun. Let's see what's going to happen. I guess that's what he means by cutting edge. It's brand new, out of the out of the box, out of left field, whatever. Is that a suitable answer that you've provided on your LinkedIn profile? <laughs> yeah, I... I you know, I mean, people don't come to us because, you know, it, it's okay to come to a business and say, we've never seen this before. Can you figure it out? And the chances that that my business has actually seen those exact same conditions are actually pretty well, right? So mm-hmm. I'd rather mm-hmm. just go ahead and tell somebody, look, we're able to handle unique problems. Who's doing that, Please! That is, that is Who's doing it? Not, Not me. me. Not, Not me. me. I'm going to have to block everybody. No, you okay. scared that person. That was an immediate. Uh, okay, I gotta go. To, I gotta go to an ad. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, we're just starting the show like a half an hour. Okay. Look, everybody. I was doing a search myself on Hire Tool the other day. I wanted to find someone's work email, right? And I couldn't find it, so I asked Nin Tran. Nin with an H. Okay. He's the COO there. The big shot. I have direct contact. So I asked him to help me, and he took a look at my work, and he said, are you for real, animal? Are you for real? He says, look, we've given you her personal cell number and her personal email. I said, that's not what I want. He said, but that's what everyone else wants, and that's why we offer those things first. You want business contacts? Those are easy to get. We'll give them to you. But most recruiters want personal contact information, and that's what we offer, personal contact information, because that's the hardest to get. Do you understand? 
Well, I, I didn't understand, but I said I did because I want this guy to keep sponsoring the show. And, you know, that's not all they do. Let me mention that. That's what they're famous for, getting this contact information. But it's a full 360 sourcing tool. And Lee, <laughs> Nin, not Lynn, Nin. Nin says that you can save a lot of money, like $10,000, by switching from LinkedIn Recruiter, LinkedIn Recruiter, to Great him. Get a higher tool like account that? and a six. Mm-hmm. I do all that. Get a higher. Love Let that. me finish. Let me finish. Get a get a higher tool account <laughs> and a sixty dollar a month LinkedIn account, and you're ahead of the game. That's what Nin says. Nin, are you on the line? Do you want to correct anything I've said? I hope not. Okay. Can't no. even get the okay. sponsors to call in. Yeah. Okay. So go on. <laughs> you know what? Go. Seriously. Okay. Come to the ball game, son. <laughs> okay. Hire tool. HireTool.com. H i r e t u a l. H i r e t u a l. Dot com. Now back to my guest. Okay. I hope we can get the show on the road. Uh, our recruits, uh, Alan. I haven't forgotten you, but I have to get this burning question out. It's one of my personal questions. Then we'll go to Alan Fleur. Okay, our recruiter's stupid, and here's the reason. Context. I'll give you a context. I've got a, a, a group now called Recruiter Job Ads, and people can put job requests there. They can say, I'm a recruiter or I'm a sorcerer. I'm out of work. I'm looking for my next job. Or they can advertise, I'm, I need recruiters or sorcerers on my team. These people who post the ads, they'll put in their email address. They'll never give a a link to their LinkedIn profile or their company. I mean, like 1% of them do that. That seems to me to be the most obvious thing you'd want to do in an ad, Andrew. But those guys are so dumb or uh, so mysterious that they don't do it. Is that – you consider that to be stupidity, and is it typical? I I don't think so. I mean, you know – be fair animal you probably create that that yourself and and i think what i mean by that is that you know i think people probably you know go onto your threads in a casual way right so they figure i'm the one posting it people can look at my facebook profile right here they can get a hold of me um i, I don't think it's, it's it's from lack of i think the lack of formality is is actually ridiculous probably a flattering. Ter- terrible answer, Alan Fleur. You're, he's yours. Terrible answer. He's yours, Al- Alan Fleur. Alan Fleur. Hey, he's all yours. Andrew, I was, cu- I was curious about following on Jerry's comment. Is when you're talking about the 15 million and it's the it's the cost of the staff, the outside fees. I get that. How much of that in general is a percentage of the 15 million? I'd be curious because if you're talking about moving 20 percent off, you're talking about moving three million out of the 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so typically um I say that that SG&A covers anywhere between uh, People don't know what that is. People don't know yeah, what, what that, that is, please. Sal- so, so the salaries. So the salaries and the overhead and then the administrative costs associated with the people. Mm-hmm. That usually accounts for anywhere between 60 to 80% of an overall budget. Mm-hmm. Um it's pretty and that and that that number 60 to 80% is pretty wide. Right, well, no, that's fine. So what you're saying is, let's let, let's just take 10 million as an example. So you're saying that if a company has 10 million spend on all the TA, all the TA stuff that you cover, that 80, 60 to 80 percent of that is staff, 
a lot of that is staff and G&A work, right? It can be. I mean, it also, I mean, it depends on the business. Another big expense, believe it or not, is actually relocation uh, expenses uh-huh. associated with recruiting. Uh, it's like a hidden cost that a lot of companies don't look no, at. I, and I that get falls that. in recruiting costs? Absolutely. It gets char- It can get charged huh. back to it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it yeah, can. So but can I add something So here's my animal question. So aren't you yeah, bullshitting? And inf- uh, I'm just curious. So really, could I not challenge you, Andrew, and say, aren't you just kind of really inflating that number? Because uh, wouldn't the real cost savings be on external spend on fees and a few other things? Sometimes. I mean, more often than not, uh, say it's, to say it's $10 million and we're looking at a $2 million shift, right? Sometimes it's it's cutting costs. Sometimes it's using people differently. Sometimes it's doing things like reducing the amount of contractors that you hire and so your contractor conversion fees go down. Um, I, it's, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, it it I'm goes gonna... on and on and on. There's a lot of ways you can cut, cut the number, but, <laughs> but, real, but realize I'm... that but these sorry, companies I'm are doing thousands confused. of hires a year. They're doing thousands of hires a year. Okay, got it. <clears throat> thousands yeah. of okay. hires. Typically, a company with a fifteen million dollar recruiting budget has how many employees? Just at, just ballpark figure. I'm not looking to hold anybody's feet to the fire here. Somewhere between eighty to eighty plus. Eighty plus. Eighty plus people. Mhm. So you're $15 talking fifteen million dollars. They're doing thousands of hires a year. They're mostly process. I mean, he's talking about in the HR team or the or the recruiting team. The recruiting team itself. Okay. Maureen, it sounds like they're including everybody, including and those firms are probably mostly paper pushing processors that they could use the help. Get it. But how many employees total in a company that's spending fifteen million dollars a year on recruiting fees? Just just average. It's it's usually north. It's north of thirty thousand. So thirty thousand people. Yeah, so we're be, talking a company normal. like what? Well, pick, pick an investment bank or, a, you know, pick one of the investment banks here on Wall Street or uh, one of the large pharmaceuticals. That's a a Goldman Sachs? Right. Those kinds of companies, okay. right? So so those companies may have thousands of people. They must have 30,000 people, but they're actually probably hiring anywhere between 5,700 to, you know, 10,000 a year. Okay. You know, and when you do that, there's a lot of money. Okay. That's a good example. Okay. Good question, Maureen. Uh, it took a while to get an obvious answer, but uh, listen, uh, he sounds like he just came from the dentist. Okay, look, Andrew, uh, this question that uh, Alan asked brings up a couple of things. With SG&A, with the expenses associated with uh, thing, you you Maureen. said, it, yeah, you said, uh, Andrew, that if people yeah. realized how much SG&A how much money they'd save by hiring remote recruiters and sourcers, they'd go for it right away. Is that – am I quoting you correctly? That's true. There's, there's a lot of money to be saved by well, – oh, I mean, Hold on a second. Is Kathy gone crazy today? Is Kathy gone crazy? No, I'm here. You're not allowed to use that word, no. dude. That's I'm here. A, that's a semi-illegal, non-PC word. Like it's not me, and my husband is next door running a federal trial right now, right next to my office, so I'm being quiet. So what, am I supposed to be impressed? No, I'm being quiet. Okay, sorry, Kathy. I, I take it back. 
Okay, come back. What about Mental that? health issues are not something to joke about, by the way. I heard someone shouting there, and I figured, why would she do it unless something had happened? What if okay? she was having an Look. episode? We're supposed to slam her and berate her? Ridicule her? Racism to mental health shaming? <laughs> yeah. Well, so far, I've had no episodes, thank God. This is getting ridiculous. Okay. No, okay. I can't. You know That's ridiculous. I'm very confused, Animal. I mean, I don't understand how your guest cuts the cost and where. I mean, yeah. Okay, well, let me get this. Here, I'm, that's a good question. Well, okay, I'll put my question on the back burner. Ask her question. Answer her question, please, Andrew. Well, yes. Kathy, ask it again. Go ahead. How do you cut the cost? What do you how specifically do? You cut do? your cost to save like three, let's say, um, 20% of, of 10 million, uh, $2 million in. How do you cut those costs? What do you provide? What do you cut? What do you. What do you what do you do for your clients to, to well, get you that to, number down? So, 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 so realize that the the, the, the game, the, the thing that we do is either it's, it's, it's you try to save money or you try to increase productivity for the money that you're spending. So if you have $10 million and you're either going to, it's either going to be let's cut it down to eight, right, or let's do 20% more with the 10 that, we, that we're using, right? That, that, that's, that's the goal. If, I don't do, if we don't do that, then I don't think we're doing a good job. So in some cases, a company is going to say, we need to cut costs. And so we'll look at, oh, what are you spending money on? And we'll say, great, let's go ahead and earmark how you're going to reduce your costs. Maybe it's reduce agencies and, and use other tools. Maybe it's change your relocation spend. Maybe it's you know do things differently with um, uh, how you recruit people and then how much money you're paying them on sign-ons. So are you a consultant, or do you actually provide sourcing services? No, no, we're a consultant. We don't, we don't do the sourcing okay. services. Okay. Okay, uh, a, now, now my question. Please let me ask a question, okay? Look, with regards to expenses, you said that if, if these companies realized how much they could save by having remote workers, they would be more enthusiastic about it. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially especially if you're if you're hiring people in high cost areas, you know, Manhattan or San Francisco or those types of places. I mean, a recruiter a recruiter working just outside of San Francisco, an hour south or an hour west, uh, can probably save a company thirty thousand dollars a year just in uh, in salary, let alone uh, forty thousand dollars a year with taxes. And is that one of the things you recommend regularly then, uh, moving people to remote work as opposed to, you know, living in Silicon Valley or, as you said, Manhattan? It depends on the business, but you'd be shocked on how many companies, you know, hire people to live in Manhattan, but their client base, like the hiring managers they work, on, work with, aren't in Manhattan. Meanwhile, the recruiters are in Manhattan. They don't see them. They don't see them. I'm like, why are you hiring people in downtown when you can be hired them Wherever, because they're on the phone all the time. Oh, okay, that's a great uh-huh. idea. So you're okay. just like pointing also, out the obvious stuff as well. Do, yeah, oh, right. do some companies it, not that's spot that's obvious stuff like that? It's just you know, I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces. You guys can appreciate yeah. a business it's got a hundred thousand people. You know, the last thing they're looking at necessarily is HR, let alone recruiting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's cool. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So you also said, with regards to this SG&A, these expenses, okay, you said that if a recruit, if a third-party agency calls up doing their business development calls, this is a tip for Jerry, okay, and tells and specifically tells the, the potential client, look, I'm going to find you somebody local so you don't have to pay any relocation yeah. expenses, but they now. are sure to get hired. Is that true? That's a fantastic selling point. Is that you recommend that, don't you, Andrew? Yeah, I think that you know, you know, if, if you happen to, if you have somebody who's making say a hundred thousand to to one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and you can get them locally, I mean, the hiring manager probably skirts a, a, a relocation expense of anywhere between thirty to seventy-five thousand dollars. It's a big, big number. Well, there's quite um, a few positions where. You might have to relocate. That'd be a pretty ballsy animal to call up a company that has an opening and say, oh, I'll find somebody local. There's nothing worse than spouting a bunch of crap to a company when you don't even have uh, the slightest clue whether you're going to find somebody locally or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but I, I, I mean, this, this is all this is all based on where the location is. I mean, so right. if you're working, if, if you're trying to find, you know, uh, finance people or a controller. And you're looking in northern, and the job is in northern New Jersey, and then you decide to go find somebody in Chicago. Come on, you couldn't find somebody in northern New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most populated areas in the country. Do do better, right? Save the hiring manager fifty thousand dollars, right? This, How this often does that happen? No, no, no. Okay, you set up a straw man argument. I mean, I was mm-hmm. quoting you directly. Okay. You said, yeah. Okay, yeah, you didn't say, okay, I'm going to find you a semiconductor engineer locally mm-hmm. instead of moving him from Austin or, or California. You're saying now, you know, <laughs> you're limiting it to a, a certain group of people. They're, they're bound to be local. I cut off somebody a minute ago. Who was that? You want to ask your question? I cut off somebody. Are you still there? Okay, I don't care. I don't feel, I don't feel bad. <laughs> no, hey, I gotta, Andrew, I gotta here's, do an here's ad. quick. Go to an oh, ad. Was I, that my you? question, you answered was it. Was that you? Was that yeah, you? Yeah, but he answer, it got it got answered, at, Animal. Okay, I have to do an ad then. Hold on, I'll come back to you after. This show's driving me crazy today, okay? I got a Why? guest who's not happy to be I got a guest who's not happy to be here. I got callers totally who just like making noise. Here. Yeah. Okay? Well, you don't sound like it. You're, you're bringing me down. Okay? Who is? Oh, my goodness. You're bringing yourself. You're projecting. You need a session oh. with a yeah. you need a session with a professional okay. man. I'm in a good mood. Mm. Professionals, yeah. Those were professionals. Mm. They're terrific. I won't even talk about them. I gotta do an ad, okay? Look, everybody. I'm gonna listen to a great song while you're doing it. Yeah, uh, if you want to be my lover, right. Okay, hey everybody. PC Recruiter is a sponsor of this company. No, Jerry, look, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, I'll just block them. You know, if I if I had a this is you know, this is what life. you pay me for, dude. The stuff that you wouldn't expect. Hey, are you I'm paying him? Don't ask me to do this stuff and then say you're going to block John Cooper. Let's not talk about that now. I'm going to have to consult with Andrew about how to cut down my expenses because I'm, I'm not going to talk gonna be about able it after the my, show. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to bill my sponsors equal if I never get to their ads. Equal pay for equal work. I get it. No means no. <laughs> you know what? i got to tell you, i got to bring in a rule here where I'm going to actually start no uh, blocking no, people. I never like muting Don't people. Don't block me. Uh, you're darn right I will. 
I've been, I've been begging for two minutes now. Just let me do the ad. Just let me do the ad, okay? Okay, here it goes. Where's 260? Area code. Yeah. You're lucky you stopped. Next time you're finished, okay? Anyway, hey, everybody. PC Recruiter. PC Recruiter is the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. And you know what? It's got a lot of new features, and I want to focus on right now. It's a big word. I've told you before. Comprehensive, semantic, text, search. It's four words. I have trouble Mm. keeping that in my frame, my field of attention all at once. Comprehensive, semantic, text, search. Okay? Right. And it's it's powered by Career Builders Text Kernel Technology. Text Kernel Technology. And when you combine this text search with PC Recruiter's existing Boolean and literal text search features, man, you've got one of the strongest document search tools available, not just in the free world, not just in the unfree world, but in the known universe. What like kind of searching was aliens, that? What a comprehensive was that again? Cement- Comprehensive Semantic Text Search, text right? Kernel. Yeah, that's kind of fast. Yeah, okay. Came over that. See what right. I did okay. <coughs> if you want to find out about it, go over to PCRecruiter.net, PCRecruiter.net. I'll say it one more time, PCRecruiter.net. And I've got another ad coming up for PCRecruiter.net, and if people don't let me get to it, I'm going to block everybody except me and the guest, okay? I've just had enough of this. I'm giving everybody fair warning. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's not me this time. Oh. Okay, you know what? Somebody's going to get their way. I'm going to block everybody in a few minutes. Whoever did that or intended on me is how ridiculous. How will your show be then if you block us all? It won't be You know what? i spent, I got to tell you something. I spend hours researching this stuff. I went he through does. every he comment he's that. ever made. And we wreck right? it. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. We wreck it. I know. Uh, in fact, I, know. I got a question. Andrew, why do you participate so much in social media? I got the feeling you just like it because you know more than everybody else. They're not teaching you mm. anything, or does it actually help you bring in business? You told us already you don't. You get other people to bring in your business, so I assume you're not getting business from you know commenting on Facebook. I'm a very lonely person. That's why I'm on social media so much. <laughs> Aren't we all? We all are. Okay. Did you have a happy childhood? Did you have a happy okay. childhood? How was your childhood? Hey, you know what? Hey. Well, this one's over. Okay. Animal doesn't like to talk about these things. Yeah. You, you know, I, we're going to start. I'm going to have a block, okay? Uh, Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. You, you said, Andrew, you said that the biggest mistake new recruiters make is they talk too fast. Is that right? <clears throat> well, it's the biggest mistake. It's, it's, I, I think if they do talk too fast, they just turn people off. You have to talk to people at the pace that they appreciate. I'm sorry, what did you say? You were talking too fast. (laughs) Exactly. He said, this is what you said on on the Facebook. You said, they have to slow down. Let the candidate set the pace of the conversation. That's, that's right. a very important thing. For you, that's a very, very important thing. Is that is that so? That's correct. That's it? That's, that's well, it? Well, I don't know if that's, that's everything, but if you talk over somebody or you talk too fast or – you talk at a pace that's too slow for somebody, you're not really mirroring or engaging with that person in a way that they appreciate. 
And that's what we have okay, to do with, initially as recruiters. Yeah, okay. Okay, you said your key driver, it used to be very – okay, you know what? Here, what's, what's your area code? I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to block everybody. What's your area code? Get him out of here, man. Look, I'm I just want now somebody's trying, somebody's trying to screw me over here. Yeah, it's What's not your me. Area He's being code? framed. Jerry's being framed. 973. Okay. 011. Yeah, okay. Block. Block. Good deal. Block. Oh, man. I'm in the 909. Does that make Uh-oh. you feel better? 210. Hey, can we all talk amongst ourselves, though? This might be the new show format. Yeah, you know the yeah, the, that's right. The Jerry Show. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The Jerry Show. The Block yeah. Show. Okay, it's you. Okay. Okay, Andrew, I've blocked almost everybody. Okay. All right, good. What well, time well, do you well, get hold up? on a second. I got to eat some potato chips. Hold on a second. No. <laughs> <laughs> what time do you get? <laughs> what time do you get up in the morning? Um. If I can, about an hour before sunrise, depending on yeah, the like, time of year. Animal, I do have What's a question. What's with that? It's too bad. Oh, okay, I'm I live, doing I the talking now. All right. So I, I live by the Atlantic Ocean. I like to see the sun come up. So I like getting up and then taking a walk. You know what? There's nothing special about about the dawn. When I was a, a younger, I, ne- I never got up early, and I kept thinking I was missing something. Now I get up early every day, and it's just, it's just nothing. It's dark, and then it gets a little light. I mean, it's it's not inspiring or anything. Okay. Now, you said uh, you recommend a motivational scheme for employees. Pay, pay them for uh, long weekends uh, once a month. Is that right? Oh, yeah. That was uh, Someone had asked, you know, how do you keep them engaged? And, or, or it was a contest. What do you give them? And I think a great one is, you know, people tend to think of cash as a motivation, and that's true. But another one is just time away from the office. So if you pay people – and say, hey, great job! We're going to give you the weekend off, and we're going to pay you for it. It's like a double whammy. It's, it's, you know, take take Friday and Monday, and we're going to pay you for those days, and people can spend time with their family. It's actually a very good motivation for contests and those kinds of things. Okay, so so you don't just give everybody one week, uh, uh, one one long weekend uh, a month. If they do something special, uh, then they get that. Is that right? Well, I think that I think that can be a reward. I mean, how a leader uses it uh, is up to them. But I think it's a great reward. Is hey, we're going to give you Friday and Monday off, and we're going to pay pay for it. Go, you know, next month. Great job on the work you did, and uh, you know, have some fun with your family or your friends or whatever. I mean, people are like, this is great. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Email length. You said if you don't have to scroll down on a device, on, on a device, that's the right length that an email should be. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. If you can't fit on a screen, you should really think about, you know, well, why are you making so many people, why are you making people scroll? But and put an attachment. Okay, so even if it's a, a new, you know, contact, it's a, new, a recruiting email, you keep it that short so it's on someone's phone, they don't have to scroll down. That's right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good length. Otherwise, it's just, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you know, it, you know, people have these crazy signatures with all kinds of stuff on the bottom. And they got images, and so that, you know, you, you really want your message to kind of stick within a screen if you can. At least an initial okay. one. Who's going to read? Who's going to read something that you have to scroll like four times for? Okay, but you're saying no, no scrolling at all. That's that's a little more radical. Okay, than just saying. Yeah. One I mean, yeah, we, 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 okay. if you can, don't scroll. 
Okay. The next thing, Monster. You said this is you say Monster just came into the Randstad pro portfolio, and that's not a little thing. It's very important. The investment at Rand that Randstad is making in Monster is real and could greatly benefit its more serious customers. What does that mean? So Monster actually has a portfolio of technology that a lot of people kind of forget about, right? They've got like the SciSense, uh, they've got the, um, you know, they've got these, you know, CRM tools and so on, and they're just not really, you know, you know, put forward in front of the job board itself. But when Ronstadt went ahead and, and grabbed that, they basically bought a big tech company. And so Ronstadt is one of the largest staffing companies in the world with hundreds of clients. And so, you know, now what they're able to do is, you know, they're able to take this tech that they now own and unleash it back on hundreds of their customers. Um, it's a real interesting marriage of product and service. Um, we, don't, we don't see that very often. You know, most outsourcing providers don't own their own tech, right? So this one does. Uh, uh-huh. So you're saying that, that uh, Monster is, is way underutilized and that Randstad is going to change that. Is, it, that. is that essentially what you're saying? Pretty much. I mean, you know, Monster's got a really good uh, hold on the small, medium-sized uh, business market, um, and they've got a lot of candidates and they've got a lot of data. And meanwhile, here's Randstad with hundreds of customers globally. They'll be able to leverage all that information for their customers. They'll be able to drop down their their cost to their customers and pass it on. It's actually a really good marriage. Okay. Now you were someone somebody asked if they should, you know, use Monster or Career Builder and you told her to actually get the uh, sales reps on the phone and get them to pitch against each other, not necessarily at the same time, but they should actively compete. Is that what you advise people to do generally? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean more often than there are cutting edge technologies, right? Um, and somebody has something new, but in a more, you know, when you've got, uh, whether it's an ATS provider or you've got job boards, whatever, you know, it's likely that the services are replicated somewhere else. And so get on the phone, let them pitch you, understand their customer service, understand, you know, how they're going to engage with you. And, you know, it's, it's okay to to buy from a provider that you enjoy doing work with and they charge you the same as somebody else. I'm giving everybody permission to do that. You can hire people okay. that you'd like to work with. <laughs> okay, but are you saying that you should actually say, look, I just spoke to the monster guy, and he's telling me he'll give me this for this much money. Can you beat that? Can you make that? Some, some companies don't like it when you pit them against somebody else so directly. Oh, well, you know, tough. Uh, you know, I, tough. I think – yeah, I think I think being transparent about your budget and saying this is what we're currently paying, this is what I'm looking to do, what can you do for me? Most of these technology companies are running anywhere between, um, you know, they're probably making anywhere between 30% to 50% on on their margins. Now, I'm not including anybody who's like in startup mode or they're equity backed. Forget that for a second. I'm talking about a regular company that's profitable. You know, no one's selling technology you know, with a margin of 12%. They're making good margin. So being transparent with them and saying, hey, look, I have a budget like this, and I need you to trim them to do this. Can you do it? In many cases, they can. And, or if they, if they can't, they'll tell you, right? It's better to have a good, a good partnership that way. 
Okay, I'm going to do an ad, and then I'm going to bring the other people back if they want to, to want to talk. Okay, <laughs> just too—I I was having fun, but it was just too crazy. I couldn't get it. You no, know, absolutely. You're going to get. Let's get up. We're going to have to talk for ten minutes uh, out of an hour show. Anyway, hey, we're back with PC Recruiter. Okay, I don't have to fight for ten minutes to tell you about them. So Martin Snyder's the president over there. He runs things at Main Sequence Technology, and he told me. He said, Animal PC Recruiter proves that a single recruiting app can scale from one recruiter to hundreds. And you know why? He said, you know why I can tell you that? Because we have hundreds of single-user customers and thousands of large ones. Hundreds of single-user customers and thousands of large ones, and they're all using the very same application. Check the online reviews. You'll see it's true. If you are a solo operator or a multinational corporation, there's only one level of service, a PC recruiter. You might use a fraction of PC recruiter's capability, or you may use all of it and then some. But we don't care if you're big or small, simple or complex. We want to support you. That's what Martin says. That's his pledge. So go check them out at PCRecruiter.net. And if you want to see little, you know, two-minute tidbits of what the software is like, go over to YouTube and type in Two Minute Tuesday, PC Recruiter Two Minute Tuesday, and you'll see what it's all about. PCRecruiter.net. So there's still some people who haven't hung up yet. I'm gonna. Bring them all back after we've had this little cool down. Thank you for putting up with uh, that, Andrew. No okay. problem. Okay. Does anybody have a question? You guys are back. No. Okay. They've all they've all got it on. Okay. We're back. <laughs> but we're not well, happy. <laughs> you know, Maureen, you got put in the corner. Nobody, nobody okay. Maureen in the corner. Andrew. Andrew. Andrew, still with me, Andrew? Andrew, I'm still here. Yeah. Okay. Now you said don't. You, this is a big thing. Don't overschedule your day. There's nothing impressive about being back to back all day. You want to talk about that a bit? You know, from your own oh my experience. God. That just I found that interesting. Crazy people who say, "Oh, I've had, I'm back to back all day." Why did you do that to yourself? Um, you know, if you're going to go back to back. You know that's fine. I, I get that you have an eight o'clock meeting and then a nine o'clock meeting and then a ten o'clock meeting. When when is the time that you've spent on executing the work that you've talked about that you're going to do during those meetings? So you have to have that part of your day, and then you need to have time to kind of decompress and collect your thoughts post meeting, and you know write down what you're going to do and 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 have. There's nothing impressive about um, you know not you know. Someone who says I'm back to back in meetings all day tells me that they're not planning, that they're not really thinking. You know what? It's that not I hate to interrupt, but you know when I was at Deloitte, I didn't have a choice. They were back to back meetings. I mean, some sometimes the whole day. So what do you do then? I mean, we're not calling the meetings. We'd rather be working. You know, you know, it's it, it's. We all have those days. We have the Monday Tuesday where it's like, oh my gosh, I've got eight hours of meetings each day. Right, but you've you've got to navigate uh, as much as especially leaders. Right, this this it's one thing when you set yourself up and you've got interviews or phone screens back to back to back, and you have no time. As a recruiter, if you're doing that, 
that means that you're not spending the time collecting the information that you need to collect and putting it in the system and, you know, and really, you know, working with people. So you have to be careful about doing that. If you're getting called into meetings, there's a point where you have to say, hey, guys, you know, last week I had back-to-back three days. I didn't get any work done. You know, just it, it is a tough political nugget to, to navigate. I appreciate that. But you've, you've got to think about where the where, where's the hundred and some days of work that I'm doing outside of meetings a year. We're working on the weekends. And we're working on the weekends and four in the morning and at night. That's what we're doing. Well, that's an interesting lifestyle choice. I, yeah. I, I would encourage not, people to not do that. Not a choice if you okay. have to produce. Yeah, and well, he says, you know, what you're in a bad situation. He, he what, what's he going to do? Call you want him to call your boss for you? He can't do that. No. He's telling you to go and try to excel him on something better no, I, that I makes sense. To, no, I think that if you want to work at a company that has prestige like that, you have to be willing to put in the extra hours. It's just how it is whether you get paid for them or not. And then, you know, I didn't mind doing it. I got took great pride in my work. Well, then what are you crying to us now for, okay? I'm not. I'm just saying that there's sometimes not a choice, and your days are filled with meetings, so you have to work outside of regular working hours. That's all. No, no, you know yeah, what, yeah. Kathy? I, look, I get that. I, look, I, I've been operating my own business for, for over a, for about a dozen years, and don't, don't get me wrong, I understand the 70-hour work week. Because if I don't do it, I don't get paid, and I don't have food for, for for the family. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have natural breaks in your day to collect your thoughts, refresh, you know, eat, that kind of stuff. I, I hear people talk about, like, oh, I didn't eat today. What's wrong with you? It's like, get time, even if that means you take a meeting over lunch, You've got to eat. You've got to have time to refresh, so you don't walk. So you don't walk into that house at the end of the day and say, "Oh, today was yet another crappy day of back-to-back meetings." That's that's on the person, you know. Make 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 your work work. Make your work and life balance work, right? Don't set yourself up for failure. Okay, listen. Can we go over a bit? Do you have time sitting at that bar? Are they going to kick you out? No, no. no, Okay, Okay. just because. Okay, I'll just ask you a few more questions so people can feel there's some some substance. I I, I like a fun show, but we got to get some questions answered as well. Referrals. You actually said, I don't know if I'm 100% true, you were talking to Allison A. Cruz, Sister Allison Cruz, we call her on this show, and you told her that you will ask what you make. You sounded like you make recruiting calls yourself sometimes just to stay in practice. I don't know if that's true or not. That's and true. And you'll ask, yeah, you'll you'll ask people on the first contact for referrals. Is that right? Did I did I get that right? That's that's right. But you know, I mean, that that's assuming that you've got a little bit of uh, you you've established something collegial between between the person, right? So, you know, How? if, if, they're, if they're, not the it, they're not That's feeling the whole it, they're not feeling it, you can't ask that question. Yeah. You don't so think you can do that? You he just said he does it, but you have to establish, he said you have to establish some collegial, collegial feeling, right, some rapport. Yeah. How do you do that mm-hmm. on the first call? That's the question. Oh, I mean, I, I guess, you know, for me, it's about keeping the pace, asking I mean, what do you ask an animal? How to, how to date somebody? You ask them about themselves. Ask questions about them. 
get them to talk about themselves and, and, and you have to appreciate what they're saying and, you know, and you find ways to find common ground in what they're saying and, you know, you empathize and you sympathize with their position or you say, oh, I've done that too. And that, next thing you know, you've got rapport. You have something in common with that person. And then yeah, at that point, yeah, you think, love, you know, you're yeah, talking at like, a hey, very I, I, general I level. Yeah, it's very general. It, it, it doesn't... I think the more the more that a recruiter comes at an angle that feels aggressive, I think it's harder. You know, they, they, you say, hi, you don't know me, but I'd like to try to recruit you for a job, and oh, by the way, open up your Rolodex. Okay, I guess you could ask that in the first, like, three minutes of a phone call, uh, but it's probably not going to work, right? You've You've got to listen for that opening that says, you know, now that we've established some something here, you know, I, I need to enlist your help. Can I ask you for some help? You know, using that word help works. And saying, I'm working on a position, you know, you seem to know a lot of people, you know, you've been in this space, can, can I ask you some questions about people you might know or where I should look or what's a good company to recruit out of? And they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, the guys over at Apple have been working on something like this. You know, I know a guy, John, over there. Let me see if I can, you know, just drop my name. Fine. Thanks. Don't don't make it. You have to make it so formal. You got to get them to, uh, you know, appreciate that you've asked them for you've asked them for help, and they're going to say either yes or no. Okay. So, um, yeah. okay. Yeah, I forgot. You know, I forgot what I was going to ask. Oh yeah, but you know, well, here's here's the thing. I see lots of. Uh, if you put recruiters suck and recruiters do dumb things, all kinds of in Twitter, they're going to say lots of people will say the recruiter asked me for a referral. He should, and then they'll use a lot of vulgar language and say, you do your own job. Don't get me to do it for you for free. So you're saying that's not a real danger. I mean, you seem to make it sound so easy. It isn't so easy. I'd say no, 99% of the... Yeah, that, that is, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm making it sound like you can just call up anybody and have them open, you know, say, oh, great, go through my LinkedIn contacts. I'll give you all the phone numbers you want. That's not the case. But, you know, if you if you establish a relationship and you're genuine about what you're trying to do, and by the way, you have to give people something, too. You just can't ask for favors. So you know, can you the give? only way that you're going to get something out of somebody, right, as a, as a favor is if you've already given them something. You've given them insight. You've given them advice on their career. You've answered questions that they have asked, those kinds of things. That gives you the ability to ask them for something. And, and once you've done that, you really don't have the right to ask them for something. Okay, so you have to give them career information. If You can only really do that if you're really embedded in their niche. Am I right about that? That's usually the case. I mean, there's, I mean there, are, there, are, there are some recruiters who can kind of recruit for anything, right? But, you know, if you really want to get, you know, some good, in, good intel, you know, you've got to have your own good intel, and you've got to be able to. People need to believe what you're saying, and and you know, find that you're credible. Um, that does happen if you tend to recruit within a particular niche over time. You know, you learn that expertise. Okay. Well, I'll ask you one more question. It's related to this. You answered a question about does a recruiter have to be a good conversationalist and you used a long uh, analogy you might call it a conceit if you were talking about in terms of poetry you compared it to dancing do you remember that 
Um, you're going to have to remind me, but I'm, I'm Well, you going. said maybe the other person is in the mood to dance, and, you know, getting them on the dance floor is oh, easy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and right. maybe not, and sort of like, it sounds like it's a very subtle, sophisticated thing that actually it's not easy to be a good conversationalist, so you have to assume most people, recruiters and otherwise, are not good conversationalists. Am I right about that? Well, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll use the analogy back. Not everybody can, you know, just because you're a good dancer, you, you're not a good dancer doesn't mean you can't dance, right? <laughs> you know, you can be a bad dancer, but you still like to do it. And I think that the difference is, is that if, you, if you're a bad conversationalist, right, if you, you know, you still can't have a conversation with somebody who doesn't want to have one. If you talk to somebody or you're engaging with them via email and they're just not in the mood to talk to you, it has nothing to do with you, but you've, you've, you know, you've got to recognize that this person is not interested in dancing right now. I'm going to find somebody who wants to dance. Oh, really? Rather it's not than, a matter of getting, getting, making someone who doesn't want to dance, getting them onto the dance floor. Isn't that your goal? Well, sometimes, yeah. But it, I mean, there are definitely people who just, I'm just not in the mood to get up right now. I mean, you know, I've got my I got my own issues. I got my business right now, whatever it is. Okay, it's okay for a recruiter to acknowledge that and say this person is not in a position for me to engage them right now. And rather than me losing this contact or not being able to come back to them, I'm going to go to somebody else right now, and then I can maybe come back when they're in a better mood or they're ready to dance. Fine, you don't have to do it that okay. much. You know, at 8.15 in the morning, maybe they're not ready. Maybe they're better off in the afternoon. Who knows? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, Maureen, you, 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 how many times have you heard this? That, you know, some people like having conversations in the morning with recruiters, mm-hmm. and some people prefer it in the afternoons or they prefer it in the evening. That's Absolutely. just their preference. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't want okay. to dance at 8 o'clock in the morning. Great. Don't. <laughs> okay. Last thing I'll put to you, is there something we haven't talked about, and we haven't talked about that much, is there something that you think is important? You send me all kinds of information about AI we didn't get to. Is there something, yeah. you know, very brief that you'd like to say about that, or something you'd like to talk about? I'll give you as much time as you want or as little. You know what? I think one of the conversations that's out there uh, in social media and on the blogs and everything is about, you know, are recruiters going to lose their jobs? Uh, because of things like artificial intelligence and automation. I think that's a great topic. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my take is is that, in general, technology, you know, tends to uh, transform the workplace, right, so we adjust. And I don't think recruiters' jobs are going to go away. I just think that their jobs are going to change. And it's likely that uh, recruiters will probably do more. They'll, they'll manage uh, relationships with more people uh, than they are right now, potentially because of artificial intelligence, or they'll manage more requisitions a year. Um, and at the same time, I think they'll also start to go beyond the hire. I think there's a great opportunity where, as the as the work, as the amount of work that goes down, especially corporate recruiters have the ability to get into onboarding more, uh, getting people uh, into you know, to point of performance more, um, and really integrate people into the business. I think we're really going to see a lot more recruiters kind of broaching into mm-hmm. the first 90 days of the candidate's, uh, of the candidate's employment. Um, so uh-huh. I'm excited to see what happens. 
Oh my God! Okay, finally, Matt, an intelligent answer. Okay, Matt Burney, Matt Burney over in England or Scotland, wherever he is, he said yesterday. I watched somebody else's show. He he, he said something quite different from you. He said many recruiters are just administrators. They're going to lose their jobs. You know, I, I still run into all kinds of administrators on a daily basis. I'm not saying that I'm not saying recruiters are administrators, but I I still see administrators everywhere I go, whether it's in a business or in a hotel or yeah. in the, the auto shop, whatever. So so I don't think those. I think that the, the, the work will be somewhat different, right? And some of the administrative stuff that gets done by robots or AI will get done. You know, and then recruiters just have to be, you know, they, they won't they'll have to have a profession. God forbid we have a profession. I have a question about that animal. Go ahead. Andrew, so do you think, because I do, that just like job boards, monster, career builder, et cetera, people got sick and tired and burned out of in-mails and everything else, don't you think that we'll come to a point with AI or machine learning where if, if a candidate is interacting on, they're chatting with an AI that candidates are going to go, you know what, screw this. I'm going to get out of this because if I can't talk to a human being, I'm not even interested in it. And that companies that go whole hog into AI are going to be, oh, we're really special, but then they end up hiring minions because the AI has to be programmed by somebody and defined by somebody. Yeah, I think, I think what's going to happen is we'll have a, we'll have a level of acceptance. So um, they'll, they'll, change over time. So as an example, when, when people start when we started outsourcing customer service offshore or we started using more self uh, uh self driven customer service online, you know, if you recall people like I hate calling in and listening to the eight hundred number and doing the automation. Well, yeah, that was twenty years ago, but guess what? Now it's normal. So we kinda have a, a long acceptance uh rate for things like this. So I think what we're gonna see is 2017, do I think that everybody's going to be having, you know, AI conversations with a chat bot in 2019 and love it? No. Do I think it'll be probably become normal by the time it's 2025, 2030? Yeah, probably. And we'll just accept it. It'll just be something that we just we just don't even notice anymore. Okay. Hey, can yeah, I make a quick comment in terms of, of AI? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Hey, this is this is Go Michael ahead. again. So, so two things. One, if administrators are in a recruiting role, they're probably going to lose their jobs anyway because they're not doing the the, the whole value add thing. And the other thing that I wanted to comment on, and Andrew, you can um, comment on this if you'd like. Look, we have lots of um, AI type stuff or things that are supposed to replace other things. For example, <laughs> we have artificial insemination. Men are not becoming obsolete anytime soon. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, uh, you know what? They might eventually, okay? So, I don't know. We don't know what can the we, future holds there. Can we make well, HR and, and the thing is, so, so here's the thing. You know, what, what appears on Facebook and LinkedIn and, you know, here's a company that's doing something at cutting edge, there are 75,000 companies not doing that stuff, right? So the maturity level of all these different businesses are all over the map. So just because, you know, the shoe company over here is doing something innovative doesn't mean that every other company is going to be doing it. And it's going to take them a long time to say yes. So we've got, uh, you know, I, I think recruiters are going to be fine. They're going to be recruiters who have administrative jobs and they will continue to work in companies that appreciate what does that mean, an administrative, administrative recruiter. Job? Post and pray. 
What is that when, it, yeah. when someone says most recruiters are, they post ads, then they sort the resumes? Is that what they're talking about when they say most recruiters are just administrators? What does that mean exactly? Well, I, I think that's what they mean is that they're just you're just pushing paper. You're, you're moving people through a process, and there are. And by the way, that's that's not a that's not a bad thing. You know, that's how a lot of hiring gets done. Is people apply to a job, and you have to you know be you have to. <clears throat> you know, assess them and, and, and do it fairly and objectively, and you say, hey, thanks so much for applying, but, you know, I'm sorry, we, we hired somebody else, and here's why. God forbid we actually do that process. You know, recruiters would be better off if they actually did that process I just said every day. A lot of them don't. They don't get back to people. They don't look at the resume long enough. They don't appreciate people for applying and giving them their time. They just go ahead and toss them into a black hole. Yeah, but God in the forbid future, we it's going to be you're going to get a, a track number for your resume and it'll be able to tell you when you're, you know, you're still on the process or when you're out. I think the Matt Bernie also said, yeah, okay. Well, and that's, a, that's okay the future. That. And, and the surveys that I've seen on that are horrid when it's automatic. Oh, well, see, well, here's the thing. So, so people get pissed off about not getting feedback or the process as, as candidates. When, you know, I've got to go through, I've got to sign up, and I've got to, you know, put in a pat, make an account, and I've got to then do a 45-minute application. If, if we go ahead and start doing things where people are just saying, hey, I'm interested in this job, and they basically swipe right to apply, okay, like think Tinder, right? All of a sudden, us not getting back to them or not giving them feedback as to why they didn't move forward starts to decrease because their overall investment is a lot less. If someone only had to swipe right to apply, not getting back to them, they, they didn't put a lot of effort in. They're probably going to be okay with it. But if they spend 45 minutes out of their day going through an application and goes into a black hole, they're like, hey, I want my 45 minutes back. Okay. So last thing. What about, so we said that tracking is already being done, rejection is all being, already being automatic. You also talked about assessing them. Uh, from what I've read, AI, artificial intelligence, is going to be able to do a better job of assessing someone based on their resume than a person. What do you think of that? Well, I think there's, I think there's a lot of uh, logic there. So um, so, so, so I agree with that. I think that as far as impartial, you know, if the algorithms are right and and you, you know, done the right kind of programming and machine learning, it's going to identify this person is capable, and you're going to lose a lot of the unconscious bias that yeah. a person brings, right? I don't like okay, the person's what about, name. I don't like that. You know, I don't in, like garbage out. If the resume is no good, are you going to be rejecting good people because well, for some reason the resume? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is where the, this is where this all breaks down, right? If, if we're only going to use one one piece of information like a resume on a person, I think this is where um, a, you know AI is not doing what we want it to do. I think what you want to look at is AI should be being used for assessment because I looked at not only your resume, but I also found your LinkedIn profile and I looked at your social media and I looked at the other and I, I know I know about. Uh, the companies you've worked for, and then that says this person probably has the capabilities that we're looking for based on that algorithm. I think if you only so look what, at a resume, what you essentially said, what you essentially said there now is that 
most of the things recruiters do can be automated. If if they if a, a machine can assess a resume, tell someone when they're in or out, uh, it's it's over. <laughs> it's over for a lot of people. I, I think it's over. I think that I think that you know. So the analysis that we've done is that most recruiting, most end-to-end jobs take anywhere between 25 to 115 hours, depending on the job, of work by a recruiter and a hiring manager. Okay, 25 to 115. And we're seeing that you can probably reduce that with automation at least 60%. And so now the question is, if I get half my time back, what am I going to do with it? Am I going to do more work? Am I going to do more recs? Talk to more people? You know, that's the other thing. Is we're all talking about automation. But what if you actually have the ability to actually look through a 1,000 applicants and really understand them rather than the time that you have to only look at 15? The game changes when you can do more with your time. Yeah. I don't know if you're saying you're going to be enhancing the quality of your analysis of potential candidates or if you're saying that one person can do the job of two or ten. That's, it's hard, that's to, it's hard to figure out exactly what you're saying. You know, that's going to be based okay. on the business. So the business is going to determine how much they want to spend, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, I'm telling companies, look, don't cut people, right? I mean, yet to appreciate it. We talked about that earlier in the show, this 20%. The other half of this is getting them to do 20% more with the money that they have. So I'm looking at it and say, look, on average, you're only looking at 20 people, really, for this job. What would be what would be great is if we actually evaluated 200, and then you have a lot more confidence in the higher decision that you make. That's where I think AI is going. I think that recruiters are going to be able to do a lot more and look at a lot more people attract more people and more of the right people and have lots of choices for their managers. I don't, I don't completely agree with you. Okay. And, and I'll tell you why, because okay. I, think, I think AI, I think AI, like you said, AI breaks down because right now AI is always is being focused on the company side of the equation, the hiring side of the equation. And that's all fine and well, but take LinkedIn as an example without AI, a candidate, you, you can't control what the candidate is putting out there. And a really good candidate might not have a big, big social profile. And your AI might come back and say, hey, Animal and Andrew and Maureen and Alan are all great. You should hire them. And you're going to have – and there's a couple of faults with it. Number one, it's only as good as the AI can go find information. And the other oh, issue no that I think is going to – and I think is I going agree to be with that. I agree with that completely. And I think the second right. issue that's going, to be, that's going to pop up that nobody sees yet is – human nature when the hiring manager, and we've all had this at a company for 20 some odd years, and Andrew, the recruiter, walks in and says, here's four phenomenal people, and the person looks at them and goes, oh, they could do my job. You know what, Andrew? They're not a fit. Can you go shake the candidate tree again? I want somebody good, but not that good. Yeah, no, you're right. So, so, so the thing is, is that the, you, know, you, would have to outs- you would have to outsource to AI the actual higher decision to really replace a lot of the work that recruiters do because, you know, you'd have to take the hiring manager out of the equation mm-hmm. because a lot of times what recruiters are doing is explaining and they're, they're going back and forth on the candidate and what do you think? I mean, AI is not going to replace the human condition, human behavior, Right. And so the fact is you're right. You can show somebody, someone, this is somebody great. They look at the resume and, and, I mean, how many people on the phone right now have had that happen, where you show somebody who's great, you recruited them, doesn't matter if you got them through AI or not, 
and then the manager looks at them, and then the manager goes ahead and gives bias. So oh, mm-hmm. they, they work for they work for you know Speedy, and, and I, right. I don't like people who work for Speedy. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're, you're completely right, and and but I think that, and I'm sure there will be companies that at some point will say, let's outsource the hiring decision. We'll have great people in the AI. Now, number one. I would say that company will be out of business in 12 months. But, again, the AI itself can have bias because somebody has to define the rules of the AI. Mm-hmm. And if a mega company does, just like take, take – analogize it to job descriptions. If you look at great job descriptions usually come from small companies because they're less worried about the prim and proper and letting HR and legal go through it so that they're covering their, they're, they're covering their ass, not going out to win – you can do the same thing with the AI where the lawyers say, well, you can't say that, you can't say that, we can't say that, and HR is, well, that really doesn't represent our company, which is a complete misrepresentation of the company's value proposition. Mm-hmm. And then you're you're back to square one, but you've paid a whole lot of money to this AI company that's supposedly going to do great things when AI is just simply a tool that somebody has to put bias into. Let me let me add to that, uh, Andrew. If is there might be legal restrictions on how much the artificial intelligence is able to gather about your uh, social imprint on online, right? Well, right. So is that possible? And that, and that, well, no, absolutely, and it's it's wildly different in in each country. So the the European Union, okay, and that and that collective uh, group of countries, you know, they have all kinds of rules associated about, um, especially in 2018, about what Candidates, you know, candidates can basically say to companies in 2018, "Give me my data back," right? Or you can't look at it. I mean, there are all kinds of rules around, you know, what companies are going to be able to hold on to, what they're going to be able to analyze um, coming up. And so AI is going to have a natural restriction because if you can't get access to the data, then you're not. It's not going to be part of the part, part of the platform. Now, at the same time, a recruiter, you know, one of the things AI can't do is pick up the phone and call somebody and ask them a bunch of questions. Okay, I think this is the last last question. Also, I think Matt Burney, now I'm glad I watched that show yesterday. He said that when the, the, uh, and he's seen it, he said, I think he said that when the uh, wages, when the minimum wage goes up, McDonald's just converts, maybe over there in Europe, they convert the, their store to an automated store. There's nobody doing it for you. They have machines doing everything in there. So I think when you're saying, you know, expanding uh, someone's ability to do a better job is the natural outcome of uh, in artificial intelligence, instead of just cutting your staff by half and making one person do two jobs or three, uh, I think the companies are going to tend to cut staff and just increase the workload for the existing uh, it, recruiters. It, it, Any yeah. comment on that? I mean, so, so you know, salaries and uh, the taxes and the benefits associated with uh, employment. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, running a company rather. Um, it's a it's a big number, so it's an easy target for cost cutting. Um, so. Companies are going to find ways to use robotics and automation, and they're going to go ahead and downsize um, if they can. And and by the way, we naturally over time accept that. We don't like it, but we naturally accept it. I mean, there's air traffic controllers now who are looking at 200 aircraft on the screen. And 20 years ago, they were looking at 20. You know, and we're okay with it now. 
it's just over time, this is just, you know, we're going to, you know, and it's okay that, you know, maybe what that means is our wages go up. Maybe that means the value of the of the human employee, uh, we, we pay people more because what they're doing has more value. It can't be automated. That's okay, too. You know, maybe it means that not everybody has to have two incomes in the house. You can have one income in the house and actually survive. That's okay, too. An animal? Your your McDonald's yeah. your your McDonald's example is a really great one, and if you take it to a next step, it's going to allow a competitor to come in because McDonald's pricing and costs can already be figured out, and someone's going to come in and go, you know what? I want to do I want to start a, a fast food franchise with really great people because who. Everybody else is getting sick and tired of, of talking to a robot at McDonald's. Yeah, that's for a, bo- a boutique hamburger store. Anyway, yes. that's, I'm going to divide. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to divide this show in two. One half is going to be the first lively half. The other part's going to be this uh, just this part about artificial intelligence. It's a standalone show. Okay? Alan Fleur, <laughs> thank you. Maureen Sherrup, thank you. Kathy Manis, thank you. Jerry, who disappeared a long time ago, thank you. Michael G. Cox, thank you. Michael Heller, you should be a guest again, okay? And Andrew Gadomsky should be a guest again, okay? Thank you, Andrew. That is shocking. I'm just jumping in to say that is shocking. Okay, I'm back to listening. Isn't that funny? When I start to talk, finally get a chance to start talking, the mouthpiece comes in. Go ahead, Jer. Take over. Well, you know, it's like you're a puppet, and um, and Jerry's it's Jerry's voice. Bill was okay. Animal was okay. But the show itself, I just same old thing. As a recruiter, there's there's nothing I'm going to now take to my desk, and I am in a state of constant listening, learning, and applying. That's my thing. I got nothing from this show. I'm not going to do anything new. That's what I'm looking for in my learning phase of my career. Okay, can I take control again, please, and ask her a question? You've got to do something with this thing, well, man. Do it. It's dying here, do it. Animal. Come on. Please, please. Okay. Has everybody heard about the virtual Christmas Shut party? Up! January 21st. Shut if not, up! go to jerrytherecruiter.com. I will give you a chance if you ask me. Just don't butt in. I have not been able to talk for five minutes. Okay?